Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, welcome to the In and After Show. It's me, Lindsay Loveridge, and James Beckett here for all your Chainsaw Man needs. Because what an episode today, huh? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to be doing my best to maintain my professional composure because my current instinct is to um, lose my mind completely. So that's but I'm gonna I'm gonna be calm. I'm gonna be zen. Yeah, and we're gonna we'll, just. Uh, we're just gonna like keep it all together here, you know. Get you mm-hmm. know, get into uh, try not spoiler mode. I did go- immediately go read a couple of chapters of the manga after this episode because I was like, wait, I don't remember what happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I just I just need more of it immediately. Either way, like just put Chainsaw Man right into my veins. Right, right, right into the blood. Yep. yep. Yeah. So this was a super intense episode. Um, we've got lots of amazing screen caps of all the cool new devils that showed up. I mean, some of them we knew of, but some of them we definitely saw, like completely saw for the first time. Um, spoilers, Ghost Devil, um, Katana Man, and also a Curse Devil. We all got we got to see all of those. So we'll be talking about those today. Um, but before we get to that, I want to remind everyone to please subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. You can find us here on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're also live right now on Twitter and on Facebook, or you can listen to the audio only version the following day, Wednesday. I usually get it up before noon PT. So, you know, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. So before we get to Chainsaw Man, it's going to be kind of light on the news side, but there was a big trailer that dropped today. Um, Ooh, is it is it Avatar: The Way of Water? Is there another Avatar trailer for us to sink our teeth into? No, I think I think James Cameron finally like made his final cut. I saw a preview for that um, when I went and saw Glass Onion earlier this week. Um, they played a preview for Avatar, and it sure does look expensive. Oh, I'm so excited for that movie! I just can't wait. Uh, I'm glad that there's. I'm glad you are. I'm glad I just, there are people. You know, that... I just want to prove those haters wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna be so how many, how, many, how many sequels are supposed to be after this one? Um, so there's one. So the third one they've basically already finished. Like okay. it's, it's essentially done. Um, and then if these make money, which they better, because I need more black. Oh, it's got to make hella money, James. From what I heard, it's got to like. Oh yeah, it needs to be like two billion dollars. <laughs> it has to make a yeah. To but look, historically speaking, if yeah. anyone can do it. It's Jimmy Cameron. That's, <laughs> He's the man I to mean, do it. We'll see about his hubris. I, I, I went and saw But we him. might get a four and a five if it does well. So. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. How old is he now, too, by the way? He's well, pretty... um, I think last I read, he said he might not, he might just produce four and five. He might not direct. Okay. Um, but they've, they already have, if they, if the scripts aren't written, I know they have the entire, like, the treatments written, like the story beats and everything. Oh, okay. So it's all, it's all planned out. We're not going to get another, uh, Rise of Skywalker situation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I they had an exhibit, a James Cameron exhibit at OMSI, my local like big museum, um, okay. that had props and like tech and videos and stuff from from his work on the Titanic and from Avatar and like including like his sketches and things like that like the dude invented technology to make his movies like oh, yeah. 
everyone sort of, I think, writes them off as, oh, he made a bunch of moving Titanic and then he bought some submarines. And, you know, it's like, no, he didn't just buy submarines. Like, the guy helped invent camera equipment and things for filming stuff underwater. And his obsession with that, like, started before Titanic. There was another movie he did that had... The Abyss. Yes, it had long extended film shots all underwater. It's just crazy. Well, I mean, and, you know... Respect uh, to the guy, right? Well, and people love to um, make fun of Avatar for, uh, quote-unquote, not having a cultural impact, which I will uh, not go into here because okay. this is an anime podcast and not an Avatar podcast. But I mean, enough of it's CG. We could make an argument. It's true. Yeah. Um, but the, the motion capture tech that he developed for that film um, is basically the reason... Um, the Avengers movies like exist. Like without Avatar, wow. we wouldn't have you know Thanos. Like mm. the, that level, that fidelity performance that everyone is so excited for. And obviously, James Cameron himself literally didn't do it. A team of you know very very smart and talented engineers over many many years. But still, um, granted, now that I say that, without Avatar, we also wouldn't have gotten those um, trash fired Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movies. So I'm starting to rethink my fandom. Um, <laughs> you open one door, you close it, you know, you get everything that comes through. No, yeah, I'm sure he's payrolled some really smart people to help with the production of all this stuff. But I was just also really impressed about how conceptually he thinks about technology as well. So it's not just like, hey, find me some guys who can do this thing. Like he has invented more or, less, or conceptualized yeah. and then brought people on to be like, okay, so how much of this works? How much of it doesn't? Like he's. He's a brilliant guy, and his interviews are hilarious. Um, oh, yeah, they are. I mean, so, he's a total a-hole, but... Yeah. You know, the kind of a-hole that, that gets ahead in Hollywood while presumably, as far as we know, knock on wood, um, not committing any wine scenes or anything. Yeah. So let's, let's just hope it stays that way. Please, please. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard that, you know, he can be kind of an asshole. I don't know if he... I, I want to like elaborate that as far as I know, that doesn't extend to like how he treats people that he like his actors or anything like that. I'm not aware of like people yeah. saying that. No. Yes. Maybe. Well, uh, he's, he's, he's like a, he's the kind of belligerent or he'll like scream. Like uh, you remember that Tom Cruise, not was it Tom Cruise? No. Um, Terminator movie. Batman. Oh, uh, Christian Bale. Remember the okay. Christian Bale? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's known for the, those yeah. kind of outbursts. Mm. Uh, Mm. Um, now his defense has always been that, um, you know, the sets that he's running, like on Titanic are so massive and undertaking that it's genuinely a matter of like safety a lot of the time. Okay. Um, and, and now granted, I'm sure that it's just his side of the story, but, uh, he, his, his perspective has always been that he tries to run a tight ship Mm -hmm. because if anyone screws up, people could literally like drown or freeze to death. Okay. Uh, that being said, it's not really cool to scream at your employees, but as far as I know, he hasn't like uh, emotionally uh, abused or tormented people to the point of like. Uh, We're not talking about like a Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah not like not, that. No, no, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, he has actors that have worked with him like over and over and over. Yeah. Bit, so. Yeah. Well, that's all a big divergence from the fact that the trailer is not for Avatar, it's for. Super Mario Brothers. No, that's the opposite of Avatar. <laughs> it's the opposite of Avatar. Yeah, Nintendo released uh, the full-length trailer for the Super Mario Bros. movie uh, starring Chris Pratt. Oh, my God. Anya Taylor-Joy. 
Um, I don't Wait, no. I like Anya Taylor-Joy. I do. I'm sorry. That was residual the, grump over Christmas. I have opinions after. We're going to show the trailer. It won't have sound because if you've been here before, you know why. But um, there won't be sound, but we're going to show the trailer and talk about it. Because um, I have thoughts about her, you know, portrayal of, of Peach. But um, and then who's who's Luigi from Always Sunny? It's the uh, guy from know. Always Sunny. Charlie Day. Right. I was like, I had Day in there. I was like, it's not Daniel Day-Lewis, though, Lindsay. It's not Daniel Day-Lewis as Luigi. Can you I, imagine? Okay, I'm sorry. I know this is another diversion, but I just pictured um, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis in the recording booth, mm -hmm. uh, dressed in um, green overalls. <laughs> Full method. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not dropping the Luigi voice for weeks <laughs> while he just does nothing but scarfs pasta and hunts for ghosts in his spare time. <laughs> That would be the greatest film ever made. <laughs> it would. It would. It'd be um, like well, well, um, when, he's allegedly uh, retired, so I guess we'll never, we'll never get that right. A true but... artist never retires. It'd be like that "I'm Still Here" movie that Joaquin Phoenix did, but it would be Daniel Day Lewis just not refusing to break characters. So each that's where he was like a DJ or something, right? He like a, a rapper. Like, uh huh. Yeah. He did like a whole bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was. Yeah. That sure was a thing. So, oh, and Jack Black is Bowser, who he still sounds amazing That's as perfect. Bowser. Yeah, That's, yeah, perfect casting. So here is the Super Mario Bros. movie. So this opens, James, with this, like, sort of awe-inspiring orchestral version of the Mario theme. So it's got, like, the drums, but it's like, do, do, do. Da, da, I, can't, da, da, I can't tell if it's meant to be parody or not. I know, right? I don't think so. So this immediately reminded me the scene where Donkey Kong's beating the crap out of Mario of Thor versus Hulk. Like I was kind of like you know who I am. from Ragnarok. But uh, DK looks good. Yeah. I think visually everything looks good other than Luigi's mustache is weird because it looks soft like the rest of his hair. And mustache hair is not the same as head hair. It's got a different texture, and it's weird if you make it the same. See, it's all fluffy looking. Like you could just like yeah. run a comb through it, just a regular comb. Bowser is coming. Together we. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Peach, Peach definitely sounds like she's twelve. Yeah, just a little odd. Yeah, or just she kind of has that sort of stereotypical like lead female voice. There's no cartooniness to her voice at all, and I think that's yeah. the problem. Like, you know, the Peach we always hear is like Mario, so it's like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, she, she's she's sound like Minnie Mouse. Yes, so I mean, you don't need to go like the Minnie Mouse route, but it would be nice if they put a little bit of a cartoon spin on it instead of playing her completely straight. Yeah. Uh, is there going to be one of those scenes where, like, where like Peach has to like tear her dress and like punch? Well, a bunch I mean, of we already like... see her. She's in the motorcycle gear from Mario Kart. Here we got Rainbow Road going on. So I think I think earlier they showed her with a sword too. So I mean, number one thing I noticed is that even in this full length trailer, uh, Pratt doesn't have a lot of lines. Like he still doesn't talk very much. I felt like Luigi talked more in that than uh, than Chris Pratt did. You know, how funny so. would it be if they pulled a um, a Sonic the Hedgehog, but with his voice, where they like shove Chris Pratt back into the recording studio, and they're like, "You sound like a cartoonish Italian plumber, damn it! Do it, <laughs> do it. Say let's go. 
<laughs> right. in with a stick. Do it, Pratt. Yeah. Um, I thought. I mean, I still think everything looks good. They there's already kind of a bunch of mash references there, like when he faces off against DK on the um, the metal bar. Yeah. It looks it's similar to you know the original Mario um, facing facing Donkey Kong in the arcade game. We've got the Mario Kart reference going already. Um, See, my worry is that it's going to end up like. Um, so my wife and I have a deep affection for the Scooby-Doo franchise. Sure. Um, one of our favorites. And that Scoob movie that came out um, like right at the start of the pandemic was one of the mm-hmm. first direct-to-digital to uh, theater releases. Um, that movie was was fine. But its biggest problem was that it was a Scooby-Doo movie and a Blue Falcon movie. And it was kind of sort of trying to do like a Hanna-Barbera multiverse thing. Um, and I just don't want this to turn into Mario, but actually Donkey Kong, but actually Smash Bros, but actually yeah. the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Like if we right. get a, a freaking like Kid Icarus like cameo or a uh, like a big Kirby like end credit scene where he comes in with like an eye patch and tries to start <laughs> the, the freaking Nintendo Avengers or something, I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. be upset. Yeah, I don't, I don't need that. I also don't need like nintendo the cameo reference movie either so not even like necessarily trying to cream everything in there i just don't want it to default into like oh here's a thing you know here's a thing from your childhood just like up we already had wreck it ralph you know wreck ralph already did that and this gave me big wreck it ralph vibes because they're also peach says in the trailer like there's so many galaxies even beyond this one which kind of gives me the sense that that's how they're going to work in like the different levels that mario goes to you know the ice level and the sand level and you know the fire level sort of thing but like you know they showed this sort of like vacuum tube sort of thing and then the mario kart thing so i'm like are they gonna have like rainbow road be like the thing you drive on in your little car to go the different galaxies that exist around you know mushroom kingdom so they're all in their own different thing and Mario himself is from another galaxy than all of these ones. That's how he got there in the first place. Because we see him get, you know, dropped in on the mushrooms. Freaking isekai'd. He's isekai'd onto those mushrooms. And so I kind of feel like that's what where they're going with it is that it's gonna be sort of like world hopping around. And we because we saw Bowser also show up in front of that like little penguin kingdom in the teaser Mm. too. So instead of it this being like just one big world, I'm thinking it's going to be a bunch of like tiny level worlds with in interconnected on the rainbow road look i just wrote yeah. the goddamn movie Pain you me. did and just like how you wrote uh, attack on titan and the ending um, of that yeah yeah we just at this point we really do need to start getting some residual strength <laughs> in for you because um, i'm either psychically connected to everybody who's making this stuff or yeah they're just ripping me off probably probably more column one you know two. you know what they should have done Lindsay? is what they should, should have they done, done a lega sequel like um you know like they did with halloween and uh, why am i only being able to think of Halloween? but you know what i mean where they take the old cast and they bring them back but there's in ghostbusters afterlife right okay they should, they should have done it with the only surviving mario brother john leguizamo <laughs> and his uh raptor yoshi yeah i like um, raptor yoshi that was a good call they could Actually, do like a, a CGI, like uh, a deep fake version of uh, of um, Dennis Hopper Bowser. 
I can't get behind those deep fakes. I liked Dennis Hopper Bowser too. I have no complaints about that movie. I liked it as a kid, and it Me wasn't too. until I got older that I realized that I was supposed to hate this movie and that it was bad. And I was like, no, this is. When I was a kid, and good. they get their they get their they get their jump shoes. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, they're jump, jump shoes, like in the game. Yeah, yeah, and like when the the king was just a big pile of oozy fungus. Just like in the game. Just like in the game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, hype the mushrooms, yes, people. This is from Mr. Marmello. But will hashtag Thor be making an appearance? I mean, Disney hasn't bought that yet, so probably right. not. But yeah. Um, all right. Before we get to Chainsaw Man, I also wanted to share with all of you. Um, I talked about going to Anime NYC. I brought my husband and I let him loose in Artist Alley. And um, completely unaware of how much damage he could do in Artist Alley because I'd never taken him to one before. And he bought... You let, you let a newbie loose in Artist Alley? I did let a newbie loose in Artist oh. Alley. He bought and then immediately purchased frames for when we got home. Got um, six different poster size prints. Now, this is supposed to be my office. But when we're streaming here, I'm actually sitting at my husband's desk and my work desk is, is behind us. So now when you look at my husband's desk, did I, did I mention what he bought? You know what, I'm gonna turn what, the poster? camera. No, you did not. Oh, this is, this is a real reaction. I've never seen this before, so. Okay, I'm... let me just loose the camera up. This and... is, this is, oh my, okay. Hey, Ronnie. Oh, husband's waifus, guys. Those are some voluptuous waifus. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that one's technically mine because we bought two others that I don't allow to be hung up in here except after hours. <laughs> so they are instead in frames on, they flank the desk on the floor and then are turned over like some sort of Gundam transformation sequence when he comes to sit here at night to show, um, to show them, but they're related to Mario. So you know what? As long as we don't oh get kicked off stream, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you Bowsette. No. Bowsette that we keep down here. This is uh, this is Bowsette. Oh my God. You can see James oh. reflection in it. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> And um, you know what? Bowsette's kind of a pain to grab, same artist. Wait, there's a sexy boo? So, so when Bowsette was first introduced, people were like, well, why can't we do all the other enemies from, like, for instance, I, I kind of like Chompette, personally. Okay, sure. Chain sure. Chomp. Yeah. But, I mean, they're not always in lingerie. They're just in lingerie. Oh, my God. When, um... <laughs> so I find those amusing. I just want you guys to know that that's what's become of my office now. That that's is what... fine art. And I mean, there's there's a nail in the wall like that blow on the desk. So after, like I said, after hours, he can he can flip one around and then hang it on the wall for the next four hours or so before he goes to bed and then takes it back down. It's really ridiculous. For those it's of you that are audio only, I'm sure if <laughs> just Google sexy Bowser and or sexy Boo, I'm sure it'll be more or less exactly what you find. Make sure then, it's Bowsette or Boozette. If you just do Boo or Bowser, it might be different. That might be more like on the Barra oh, angle of yeah. things mm -hmm. if you don't yeah. feminize the name. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So there you go. Um those are nice frames though. <laughs> thank you. Yep. Yep. So we've got all those I have uh 
normal. Now what, you, now, what you really have to do is hang the sexy bowsette and the sexy boozette um, in the parlor when um, family parlor. visits. Yeah. What kind of house do you think I live in that I have a parlor, James? Well, what, sitting room, smoking <laughs> den. Uh, <laughs> the uh, conservatory, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The foyer. The study. Um, yeah. No, uh, we do have a picture just drawn by uh, Cough Drops is, is the artist's name on uh twitter if you want to find her she's done official artwork for uh, crunchyroll and he did happen across her spot as well this one is hanging in our bathroom and it's a picture it's a picture of popoco and pp me oh my god only uh pp me uh looks sort of like the virgin mary oh my god and popoco is like a tiny baby jesus you can't i'm i'm like, I'm haunted enough by Pop Team Maverick. You can't just spring this on me without warning in the middle this of the This is my bathroom. Oh my goodness. It's in my bathroom. It's framed in the bathroom. More, yeah. Of course. So when I put my makeup on, that's what I look at. Good. Just as that's exactly what the good Lord intended. Yeah. 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 So now that you guys have all gotten the uh, cheesecake only visible on the YouTube version. Hey, that's one reason to come subscribe to the channel. Sometimes you might get fan art, cheesecake fan art. Um, we can now talk about Chainsaw speaking Man. Of, speaking of cheesecake. Oh. Speaking of cheesecake, uh, yeah, this episode of Chainsaw Man did some things. Um, things that we already talked about last week, but they decided to like give us a first-person perspective from Himeno uh, for most of it. She was questionably drunk during the whole thing. She says she was blackout drunk. But there's this point in the opening where, like, she, you know, puts Denji on the bed. She yeah. takes his shoes off for him. Yeah. She goes over to the fridge. We see, let me open a picture of this. We see the state of her refrigerator, which is leftovers and beer, from what I could tell, right? Some that real was, mis that's a mis hashtag Misato energy, if, if ever there was. Yeah. There yeah. Was uh, I will say, uh, she was pretty functional uh, at the start of that scene. Yeah. Uh, um, we, were just, we just got a shout out that this is maybe the best animated drunk acting I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, can, I can't see the chat. So if anyone says anything funny, um, <laughs> I need to be, uh, I need to be informed. Okay. I'll let you know. I'll let you know if we get any wise guys. All right. So yeah, this is Himeno's fridge. Um, thank you for waiting patiently to see the contents of this very single woman's fridge. It is full of pasta uh -huh. and maybe curry. I have and, that same bottle of mayonnaise that she's got, the, the soft the soft uh, Japanese mayo, which is very good, by the way. How do you get that? Uh, I, there's a Japanese-Korean market just uh, oh, a couple okay. blocks down from my Got to go to a specialty place. All right. Yes. I've got those around. It's just they don't have it, you know, my, my big grocery. So anyway, so yeah, Himeno is, as James was saying, the, the drunk perspective is really good. This entire episode is very cinematic. It's very oh, cinematically framed. Oh, and not just... Kiss. <laughs> Not just in this scene, but throughout the entire episode, there's all these really great, like, either building tension or just, like, quiet moments that are, uh, we just don't see in anime. It seems like pretty often you get a, you know, 25-ish minute episode, and they're trying to cram as much dialogue and stuff in there to kind of, like, mm -hmm. keep things going. So you don't get as these observational moments where you can just sort of watch characters, like, live. Now the life yeah, that I mean this whole living. episode, if you break yeah. this episode down, yeah, it's I mean, maybe like three and a half scenes. 
You know, yeah. you have the the opening half in Himeno's apartment. Yeah, you have the the, the kind of transition with uh, Makima and the the assassins that we're going to get to later. And yeah. then you have the the battle at the ramen restaurant. Like, that's right. it. That's the whole episode. Right. But um, like you said, we get. You know, most anime, not only are they trying to get as much exposition out of there as possible, but um, those still scenes, if you're actually going to animate them and make them anything other than just like a still frame, mm-hmm. uh, that costs money and that costs yeah. time. And that costs yeah. like, you know, a lot a lot of productions are, are going to try to maximize their resources as much as possible. So this is MAPPA like not only flexing on how freakishly talented their entire crew is, but... They're reanimating a scene we've already seen yeah. using almost entirely new footage yeah. ju- just to, A, give us Himeno's perspective and kind of show us another side of the attempted seduction here, mm-hmm. but also just to, like, show that they can. Just to be like, yeah, ah, we can yeah. spend five minutes on a scene we've already shown you. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it extends past where they left off at. But again, yeah, it's from an entirely new perspective. Um, they keep doing these interesting, um, almost voyeuristic, like this one right here, voyeuristic sort of thing. Where we're not, if we're not directly in either character's perspective, like then we're looking at them often through reflective surfaces. There's quite a few shots where you're like, you're seeing Denji and Himeno, but it, it's from outside the balcony window. Like you're standing yeah. out there watching them. Or this one where we see her reflection in a mirror she has on a table that she uses to apply her makeup. Um, there's, It's just sort of interesting framing yeah. where if they weren't being creative, they could have very easily um, just done back and forth from each character or just, you know, like a, a medium shot or a wide shot. But yeah, in this one where Himeno looking down at Denji or sometimes we're at Denji looking up at Himeno or we're over in the kitchen looking from the uh, the bar or something. It's really, mm. really interesting. Um, well, and I love how the, this version of the scene really gets, I think we talked a lot last time about how the, the this seduction scene, as inappropriate as it is, is mm-hmm. really, uh, last episode is really highlighting Denji's feelings and how, right. you know, kind of dangerous, but in like a sexy way it felt and how intimate. Um, and I feel like a, a lot of the perspective we get from Himeno isn't it's not necessarily showing us her feelings yeah because i mean she's so drunk that she's just saying all of her feelings out loud yeah but like um this shot here that you mentioned um this mirror one one of the things i loved about this is in in last week's scene when she um commented on how denji could do so much better you know it was like a full frame shot of her in her underwear and she's like you know slumping towards denji and it's really yeah. yeah and this scene is really making her look kind of small yeah. and fragmented. And I think it's really highlighting how sad it is. And the same with the shot of, of Denji where it's like, oh no, no, this is a bad thing. Like, yeah, I'm really not sure how I feel about this. And we yeah. didn't include these screenshots this time, but yeah, uh, I, I agree with you that this perspective added a different depth to it because at least for me, when I was watching her, you know, proposition him and then take some of his clothes off. It was like, this is, it. I don't, I don't like this because she was yeah. the, the way she was framing. It was very, and we could draw some parallels also with an, a scene flashback he has with Makima. Both characters take on this almost maternal role with him, 
when mm-hmm. there's sexual undercurrents. So with um, with Himeno, she's taking off his clothes, but she's talking to him like she's dressing a toddler, which hi, I do that sometimes. Like I have a six-year-old, I have to get ready for school. So for her, like saying, put your arms up to take his shirt off and then, you know, let's take these off too or something was really like disconcerting <laughs> so for me personally, you know, because she's working towards his pants. And then she finds a chupa chup, which is a real um, sucker. And again, like funny um, point to make here. Uh, that's a, a cute nickname I use for my husband. Sometimes I call him chupa chup after the candy. So that was also that's weird. Cute. It is cute. But um, are, are she, there anything like um, they, they make me think either of uh, um, those tiny little suckers you get at like the barbershop or the doctor's office. Uh, They're pretty close to a dum-dum, yeah. The dum-dum yeah, dum-dum, yeah, okay. Yeah, they have different flavors, and I would say um, they have a milkier taste to a lot of them as opposed to just being sort of a just sugar. But yeah, otherwise about the same size. And we see with Makima later also, you know, Denji's like, hey, you know, my first kiss tasted like barf. Is there, oh, my kiss is always going to remind me of barf now. I'm so sad. And she, you know, gives him a candy like you give to a sad child to make them feel better, but it's an indirect kiss. So once again, we have this sort of like adolescent or childlike feelings uh, mixed with the sort of dangerous adult sexual undercurrent at the same time. Um, but Makima does make it out of both these scenes looking better, I think, than Himeno does as far as like her approach. Um, well, um, which Himeno, is... although this is funny, just, um, <laughs> just yeah. Uh, this also, um, I, 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 I feel like this is a shot. It reminds me so much of, of. Oh, you know what? Never mind. I thought this was maybe a shot that was taken from Evangelion, but it, it's it's different what I'm thinking of. Oh, but okay. uh, yeah, um, Himeno definitely is um, aware that uh, she should not have been trying to seduce a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's basically like, wake up. What did I do? And then also, I think to some degree, probably grappling with rejection a little bit. Not that she wants Denji in particular or has like a real big emotional investment in him, but she's using him as an outlet for her frustration with Aki, yeah. who, you know, seems completely dense to her advances whatsoever. And so she thought she, well, if I could, I can definitely get this dumb horny 16 year old to um sleep with me and that'll assuage some of my feelings of inferiority for a little bit and then he doesn't so she's also rejected by the kid who doesn't want you know who who seems like he'd hump your leg if given the opportunity so (laughs) like so i think she feels probably awkward and a little um oh what's the word just kind of Embarrassed. Embarrassed. She probably feels embarrassed as a woman to some degree as well, even though it was something she should have never have done to start with. So in order to kind of assuage that, to to make that over, put a band-aid on it, she's like, Well, Denji, I'll help you get with Makima if you help me get with Aki, and then we'll be friends. And the the shit comment's really funny. I'd like the shit out of her. (laughs) I'd like the shit out. It's funny. I went and read the manga after this to kind of refresh and to read a couple chapters ahead. And it's there's some translation differences between the two. I don't think one's necessarily more accurate than the other. It's just the art of translation. But it's fun to kind of see 
the difference too. Like in the manga for this, instead of I'd like the shit out of her, she I think she instead says like what if her personality is crap and she just says, Well, I like crap or something like that. So it's yep. the same same idea, but yep. yeah. Kind of kind of fun. Um but unfortunately this is all a giant death flag. I was gonna say it's like a mountain <laughs> of death flags just being dumped out of a dump truck. I mean, it's subversive in its own way, too, because I think there are plenty of series that would have this be the start of an ongoing friendship, and they would have each other's back moving forward mm-hmm. in in battles so-and-so, and then one of them would, like, sacrifice themselves for the other, and that would be it. Um, it would be what happens in this episode, only maybe drawn out over more time, but instead, um, this ends bad be- before, the, you know, before the episode wraps. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and it also doesn't go uh it also doesn't go too great uh speaking of makima yeah um, I, I really love this moment just this little moment of almost like vulnerability it's maybe mm-hmm. one of like the first times we've seen her express an emotion that wasn't like that doesn't seem like directly intended to like manipulate or or persuade or, or yeah you know because you she's either usually she's like you know, trying to play up her whole like master dog relationship with Denji, or she's trying to like uh, um, flatter Aki so that he'll you know take in these <laughs> crappy roommates. Um, but you get this this little moment where she just says, "Oh yeah, last night's drinks were good." Like that was a yeah. good time. Yeah, like it, yeah. And then <laughs> you know, so this scene in particular is one that I felt the anime actually really improved on from the manga. Not that the manga one was bad, but this was kind of one that showed how you can turn that into this really like tension building cinematic experience once it becomes an anime because in in the manga this is just a couple of frames you know they have the conversation but the actual like hit being taken out on them is just like two or three frames but um or makima specifically but yeah with uh the anime version we see there's it's in the sound design because you're 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 having this quiet moment and they like you can hear the people in the row behind them and in front of them lean over at the same time and unzip their bags at the same time and then you know they pull their guns out and and, and assassinate them there but it was it was really good it yeah again well and then with the with the next bit you have all the cross cutting between all of the different like little cells of assassins that are uh, trailing all of the um uh the different team members that uh, the last episode did such a great job of like getting together and kind of establishing. Right. Then... Yeah. Cause these are all the people that they, that ate at the bar with them. Yeah. And most of them are dead by the end of this episode. Like, yeah. do I remember all their names? No, but no. I recognize them. The little old grandma was a, a nice touch. For the assassin there. And we see a, a rye was with um, Kobeni. Yeah, and took the hit for her. so. I mean, girl can't get a get a break. And um, yeah, we see everyone else; they're just out on their jobs getting an assassin. I wanted to ask why specifically you cap you capped twas a taiko drum. I just I like powers. You <laughs> like the powers funny. You like the affection of the way. It was yeah. obvious. It was obviously a taiko drum, it, and it wasn't. It was it was gunfire. It was gunfire. But she's like, it was a drum, idiot. <laughs> Dumbass. But then we get one of the funniest lines. Um, it, maybe it all of Chainsaw Man. So yeah, far, yeah. Where, um, this son of a bitch. Yeah. This very sketch fellow 
is just sitting there amusing to himself about how these idiots can't appreciate good food. Um, and his specific line was, my granddad was the sweetest guy in the world. Only ever killed a handful of women and children. <laughs> just a handful, just a few. Just a few. Just a little bit. <laughs> Um, so it's no surprise that, oh, and um, the connection, of course, is that his grandfather, and I didn't get the close-up shot, but his grandfather was, um, uh, oh, what's his butt? The, the gangster. Yakuza that, from episode one. The guy who had yeah. Denji and, like, basic, basically financial servitude to him. Yeah. And the guy who the was uh, dumb enough to sell his himself to the zombie devil and think that that would end well for him. Yeah, so, and uh, in any way other than, in, than him becoming a zombie. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. So apparently this is just like some leftover dude from Denji's past who's decided he's, he wants to settle things. And also he shoots Denji in the head yeah. and he shoots um, Himeno in the shoulder. And yeah. I think, I don't know if he gets one in Aki or not. In the manga, it looks like he did, so. but, but he I don't might think have. So. Well, things go so fast because yeah, and this power's is just like, power, yeah, power gets, gets a hit in. Yeah. Um, the fox devil tries to take him out, but then we learn that this isn't just any, you know, random thug. Yeah, it's a, a sword man. New, yeah, brand new enemy with a sword for a face and arms. Yeah, and yeah. This episode just goes hard from this moment on. Like, well, I would say from the time the assassinations start, but I mean, there's a little bit of breathing room where they're like kind of talking to this weirdo about about ramen, and he's you know, making assumptions about their palate and all this other sort of stuff. And then it just goes nuts. Insane. I mean, absolutely insane. Because uh, we finally learn the secret of Aki's sword, which is actually a nail, like a witching nail, which is one of the sickest anime weapons of all time. Ever. (laughs) Like, ever. Um, Yeah. Like, what an amazing idea. You know, for those of you that don't know, like, this is, it's a a common myth and, you know, across cultures and in Japan specifically where, you know, if you want to cast a curse on someone, you know, there's like a witching nail where you'll, you know, you'll drive a nail into like a doll or into a, like an etching onto a tree or whatever. Yeah. You, you see in Jujutsu Kaisen with um, the, um, oh God, her name is escaping me right now. Nobari. Right. With, with her hammer and the nails. And if you read Junji Ito, that little shit, what's his name? It starts with an S. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Junji Ito <laughs> Nail Boy. What is Junji yeah. Ito Nail? Uh, Soichi Suji. Yeah. He, he carries nails around in his teeth and hammers uh, what look like um, doll, like voodoo dolls into trees and stuff to curse mm. people. So, yeah. Um, this is another thing that I actually had to go look at really quickly in the manga because everything's going so fast. You don't actually, unless you get a good screenshot, necessarily get a, a good glimpse of the nail sword, like the nail part of it. So I was mm-hmm. confused initially at first of what that meant. And then I was like, oh, cursed devil. Oh, okay. This is what's happening. Yeah. The cursed devil was fucking sick. Oh, yes, it was. And again, um, scary. I, and this is one of those, um, I was, I was talking with some folks on Twitter, like, um, uh, I was talking to Tom and some other folks yeah. about how, you know, a lot of us when the anime first dropped and we kind of saw the more cinematic kind of realistic approach they were taking. Yeah. Uh, we were lamenting a little bit the um, the shift away from Tatsuki Fujimoto's very stylized, um, very uh, reliant on like negative space, you know, the artwork. And I think that this is one of those moments where I think the two styles blended so well because you still get this incredible 
you know, this cursed devil that's just a, a pair of lips in a void, right? And that's yeah. all that's all you gotta see until uh the curse counts down. And then it's just like, oh, okay, this is one of the, the coolest things ever. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah, this this shot here is pretty pretty similar to exactly what it looks like in the manga too, where he's mm. captured and then these skull things like bite into him. He kind of has a crucified sort of look to him. I don't think it's specifically referencing that, but yeah, he's just got his arms straight out and um, these things are gnawing away at him. So I thought they did really well with this in particular and especially making the cursed devil seem so ominous. Um, but the entire time this was happening, I was like, okay, so how much life does this take from Aki though? Cause that right? was the whole thing is if he uses it, <laughs> It kills him initially when it was counting down. I was like, "Is it? Is it counting years? What is it doing?" Yeah. Um, so you know, that's kind of the payment he's paying for it. We don't know how much he might have shaved off his life for this, and then it didn't even kill him. Which I was, know because this lady comes in. Yeah, lady with a hoodie. Yeah, and we don't know about her yet, like what her deal really is. Although we do figure out what her. Uh, devil is before the end the end of this um i don't know how she necessarily like resurrected this dude um seems like she can heal him or something maybe it's uh it's a little shady there i also before we moved on one talk about sword guy as like a companion design to chainsaw man is really good yeah like i, I wouldn't be surprised if fujimoto was like all right i got chainsaw man now what if i just made him fight sword man I mean, that did, that only makes sense, you know. Why not? Sword, right? Yeah, right. I mean, we've already got gun, although we don't know what gun looks like as far. But sword guy looks pretty similar to chainsaw, except for, mm -hmm. you know, swords. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she resurrects he has that, him. He has that hat. Um, just that instead of, like, the, the chainsaw, like, motor head. Yeah. It's just like that, um, that old-fashioned, like, Japanese cap. I also um, didn't realize until now, too, that there is a hilt coming out the back of his head. Yeah, I thought it was just the blade coming out the front, but there's also a hilt in the back. Yeah. That seems like that would be strategic in a fight. If you could grab a hold of his hilt, maybe you could fuck him up. But yeah, the hat, um, it's like the opposite of Jotaro's hat. Yeah. Where the front extends forever with the blade, as opposed to Jotaro's, where the back just sort of disappears <laughs> into his hair or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe the hair is the hat. No one really knows. Um it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But yeah, he comes back to, to fight Aki and just like messes slays Aki him. Yeah, just runs right through him. And, that, and again, course, this is one of those like, you know, and it, like you can do this effect in, in art, but with with the with manga, it's really hard to do, especially with the black and white. But like even just like this, um, like this depth of field effect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you can layer the images and create this illusion of, of depth. Um, it's just utilized so well to yeah. really give this battle as all of the weight and all of the intensity that you need it to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought that was really good. And then of course, Aki getting hurt triggers Himeno's like defensive response, but mm -hmm. her ghost was like, no, the girl he's with is really scary. And then Himeno makes a deal she can't take back. And it's really sad. It's, oh God. It's really sad. And the way... The way that they, the way that they capture, a, Ghost Devil also sick as hell. Yeah. Um, just real it's cool, not... great design. Yeah. Um, stitched up eyes, stitched up mouth, like flower bodies. 
yeah. but then the way that they and again it's if if you it's so hard to capture this in screenshot because it's sound design it's animation it's pacing but yeah. like just the way they capture one moment himino's arm is there yeah and then it's not yeah because this and, is the same way she gave up her eye when she made the original contract she gave up her eye and now she's offering her entire body yeah, in order she to knows that she, I mean, she, she's bleeding from the inside. So she basically figures like she's probably dying anyway. Yeah. And so this is like an opportunity to protect the the guy that she loves. Yeah. Um, uh, and at first it seems to work because a ghost devil is pretty hardcore when it has a whole body to munch on. Yeah. And she has this. <laughs> this horribly so sad. sad moment where she doesn't want to be the one crying over her lost loved ones anymore. She, you know, she says she, she'll be the one that is is cried over. Like she'll be the one that that sacrifices herself to save him instead of vice versa. But yeah. then that freaking whatever her name is, yeah, ruins everything. And so it she ruins even... everything. So it doesn't even work. Yeah, because right before that shot, she's specifically she's remembering she's like Aki used to cry all the time and he used to make fun of him for it. He would go cry in private, like when the rookies died, you know, he would like go off somewhere and cry for them. And she used to make fun of his emotionality. Now she's like, but this time, you know, that must what it be what it means to have someone love you is to have someone to cry for you when you die. So you can cry for me now because I'm gonna die. And I'm like, what are you doing? I just and then it's just a right patch, and then the episode ends. Nothing left. Uh, too yeah. much, man. Yeah. Too much. It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try not to like get too hyperbolic in the wake of such a hype episode because you know, obviously, you want to to be able to like take things in context. Plus, yeah. I, I haven't seen every anime ever made, but as as far as like my current feelings go. I mean, this is at least in the, the top echelon of probably the best animated, best directed like episodes of, of a televised anime that I can recall seeing. Oh, wow. I mean, if we're talking like first episode of Made in Abyss, first episode, some of the highlight episodes of um, Ranking of Kings, oh. like this is, I mean, this is up there with just like, I, I genuinely don't know how they did this. Like, this yeah. Is, it's, it's a feat. Yeah. It's a feat. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was, this was up there pretty high. Like, um, I will, I will stand Ranking of Kings episodes for, but yeah, I would put this, it's completely different tone. Yeah. And completely different method as far as like what they're trying to achieve and how they achieved it. Yes. Um, but it's not, it's not like rank, it, ranking of kings very much like takes advantage of the limitlessness of animation yeah uh, and this is more it's trying to purposefully use the limitations of live action cinema yeah. to en enhance what the animation is capable of conveying um and so it almost diametric opposites in that sense we're like yeah. there's, you know there's not like it's not you, you it's not like into the spider verse where it's like really making you um, aware of like just what animation can do, but it's it's more like reminding you of how powerful some of the most fundamental tricks of the trade are that animation just can't use very often because it's so hard to yeah. do an animation. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's a, a pretty succinct uh, explanation of kind of the differences between the two and why they're both good in, in completely different ways. Um, Watch Ranking of Kings, for the love of God. Oh, so God. Good. Watch Ranking of Kings. It's getting a new special episode some point next year. Uh, right, yes. Yeah. So maybe if there is any justice in this world, it's season two. Oh, if only. If only. That would make me so happy yeah. if they if they would do that. Um yeah, but yeah, that episode really just like knocked it out of the park. Uh, we got tons of new monster designs, all of them like really, just really good. Um, dynamic is the word that I was looking for. Really dynamic designs. So, uh, yeah, I don't. If you're here, you probably are already watching Chainsaw Man, but this is definitely up there. Now, the ending theme this time really liked the song. Animation was good. It's fine. Still not better than episode five, I think, as far as. Five and seven are like tied to me at this point. They're, yeah. They're both like, they're, again, they're very different, but yeah. um, those are, those like really got the, the, the vibe down, I think pretty perfect. And with the, I think for this one, I liked the song. I think yeah. be, because I was just so torn up over wa watching Himeno disappear. I, I know. I, I think I would have liked a more somber just... song instead of like a kind of like a power power rock sort of yeah. thing, but it's good. Mm -hmm. uh, Theo uh, in the chat asked a, a good question. I was thinking about this yeah. earlier. Um, where MAPPA, they have kind of an interesting arrangement going on with Chainsaw Man where Correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that they're able to profit from the show because they don't have like a traditional production committee, right? Like they don't have a bunch of other outside like investors that are really putting up a lot of the funds. Or I would I... need to double like fact check that. That sounds them being um, primarily involved in the committee sounds familiar but i am not confident enough to say that they are they are directly profiting from it like i'm sure that shueisha is getting a cut there's yeah no yeah, yeah. Like but there's, it's it's not the from what i remember it's not this the usual model we get where the the studio is basically being contracted uh -huh. but then the profits are going more to the the producing I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be mad if this was clarified in my own interview and I forgot it because we did talk to I mean you've been to like off. 25 cons in the past month. So it's true. Uh because who's to say who said what in that interview? Yeah. Um from Anime Expo. Um they put together a proposal that outlined that they were interested in adapting the manga. Um, and they, you know, talked about the financial aspects of it. We proposed that we were not going to have a committee and this would be 100% MAPA making it. That's how we were able to get the license for the original work. It's the first time that something like this is happening for MAPA. There must have been other companies that also wanted to adapt it, but our proposal was the one that went through. So that's about the extent of okay. what I know. And that was told to us by... Um, Makoto Kimura, who's the executive director and rights management director at MAPPA. So okay. he didn't he didn't directly say also we are earning significant amount of money or this much cut in that interview. Got but um, yeah, they did directly propose it. And the bit about the, the committee is accurate. Got so, you. yeah. Um, I mean, so I just I hope these animators are getting uh, paid gangbusters because 
Um, I can only imagine the the work they're putting into making a show look this good every single week. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely don't know how they, they, they've done it for eight weeks in a row. I feel like it's, um, I remember reading that this is also not on the kind of schedule that we typically see for an anime. Like, I feel like they actually have finished all the episodes way in advance. So like they, they actually got some headway. They're not scrambling to get the cuts done, like, two yeah. hours before broadcast. Oh, That's good. Yeah, that um, that is something I feel like I, I remember reading or hearing. Um, do not I mean, that would make sense, on it, but, given yeah. how long ago we got the first, like, teasers. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is... Being Which is good, because animation takes a long time, if you don't yes. know everybody. Yeah. And when uh, when you're only given X amount of days to produce a a 22, you know, 23-minute long episode, um, yeah, it's no wonder why studios have to cut corners. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we move on to Occupy Made War, was there any... any? I guess all as a manga reader, all I have to say is, like, shit's going to get really real. Like. Oh, yeah, guys, uh, n spoiling nothing... We've gotten past what most people I think would consider the weakest part of Chainsaw Man. Yeah. Like this is, it only gets better. Uh, and, you know, uh, at least depending on who you're at, I think it only gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that as far as this arc of the series will probably wrap with um, the Katana Man stuff. And then we'll probably have to wait until next season. For uh, for it to get further than that, because we're at episode yeah. eight, we only had nine, ten, eleven. We got like four episodes left. I mean, I was gonna say at this pace, I'm wondering. And also based on the opening sequence, a little bit there, I guess. Do you even think they'd be able to do it? Like, do you think they'd be able to finish part one with a second core, or would they need a third or a fourth? Because I'm I'm wondering if we would be able to finish out the, the that final story arc within like the next 12 episodes after this first batch. I think we need two cores to finish part one, um, just based on the two more or just two, total? two, two more, yeah. two more, three total. Um, just based on like the current pacing. Uh, I went, when I went back and looked at the manga, I was like, okay, we're still in like volume three. And uh, so we're in like early thirties. For the chapters, yeah. if I remember right, and there is one hundred and one hundred one, I think, for part one. Maybe, yeah, something maybe, like maybe that. Maybe even like a couple more. Yeah, so I mean, less than one hundred and fifty, more more than a hundred for the first part, and so yeah, Theo's saying the score will likely adapt up to chapter thirty nine, and so after that, you have. Uh, Quite a few arcs in between there. I feel like if I say the names of them, it's kind of I guess, a spoiler. Yeah, I was gonna say there's at least three major arcs that I can think of. Yeah, maybe four, depending on how you divide them up. Yeah. Um, oh, Ginger Ring, uh, Ginger Frog in the chat brings up a, a very interesting. Speaking of ranking of kings, yeah. Uh, Shota Goshizono, the episode director and storyboarder of this Chainsaw Man episode, also directed and storyboarded episodes seven and twenty-one of Ranking of Kings. You know, Mister uh, Goshizono. You might be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write your name down because I think I need to be paying more attention to what you're doing. Then. Yeah, I mean, with the, the fact that we just talked about how like fundamentally different those yeah. shows are and how they utilize animation, but then we have someone that worked on 
both of those shows just completely strutting their stuff. It's insane. Yeah. 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 What episodes yeah. were those? I'm going to, well, we transitioned to Akiba Mayboard. I, I want to see what exactly those were. Yeah. Tell me what the content was for, for those episodes in particular. Cause I think they were pretty 21. It's pretty close to the end. Uh, episode seven, I believe is when he begins training with Desha. Okay. And then, or right, it's right around that part of the story. Okay. And then 21 is Miranjo apologizes for bringing Bos back to life. Despa fears that Boji may not measure up. So it's, it's basically the, the beginning of like the final climactic competition. Okay. Uh, so. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to go re revisit those. Um, all right, moving on to Akiba. James, I'll give you time to, to bring the, those images up too. Um, oh, yeah. This episode was, I want to say it was the funniest. I think it was, so it was pretty, it was, it was pretty it funny. really funny. So this is their baseball episode. And it all centers on uh, Nagomi really just wanting to have an honest-to-God baseball match against the renamed alien alien maidens i'm never gonna get that right uh former group that is now part of creature land and they've they've rebranded as oxoatls she it's, just wants to play fair gosh darn it like, and she just wants she just wants to you know settle things with a wholesome game of baseball and everyone's trying to kill each other constantly because that's what maids do, right? That's what maids do. That's that's what maids in the nineties do. They they attack each other, kill each other. So, um, right, ooh, uh, is Akiba Maidwar up on on the screen? Uh, mm. No, I think uh, you stopped sharing, so you have to. All uh, right, Can I go back. Yeah, yeah. The baseball jerseys were also from uh, Robin. Goddamn, the baseball jerseys were really, really good. I liked the baseball jerseys in this episode. Yeah. All right, here's James with uh, pictures of baseball time. Baseball time. Baseball oh, no. shenanigans. Are they out of order? Oh, I don't oh. know. They might. They might be. Yeah, but they decided. Uh, they're out of order, but that's fine because some of the score of this because they show up to um, Crimson. Gosh, Crimson Nova was that her name? Yes something like that they show up to her her funeral service and they're like we need to settle this with a game of baseball and yeah. so uh they don't have enough players no so they have to recruit so they recruit three that they found shopping for cameras in electric town which is a district in in tokyo that's known for like used electronics and and tech and stuff like that and they don't do anything no, they're not I, useful I to the say, game. They're just in the it's, outfield. It's funny time. because the manager just assumed that oh, they're Venezuelans. They must be good at baseball. And no, no, you know what they're doing? No, just because Venezuela's you know baseball is popular in Venezuela doesn't automatically mean Venezuelans are good at baseball. And also, yeah, in the background on the bleachers, there's an axolotl mascot yes. looming. And I was like, oh, is it going to make friends with the panda? That's kind of what That's I expected. That's what I thought, too. I thought that they were going to be like, maybe they'd like date or something. Yeah, know. yeah. But it's like the kind of stupid thing this show would do. But it ends up being a, a major plot twist. So the plot of this episode is incredibly simple because it's just people playing baseball and getting mad at each other and then trying to attack each other. And then Nagomi having a 
she's in complete denial the entire time. She's just trying to keep it together for the game. You know, she used to play softball, but she's like the worst player on the team. That That's one of the great jokes of the whole episode is that she will not stop yelling the entire time. Like she's, she's, she's the best heckler. She is. Yeah. She's trying to coach, but yeah. then she, she actually sucks pretty bad at baseball and everyone else is surprisingly naturally very gifted. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Cause when she has them doing a uh, throwing drills, and she's like yelling out which base to throw to or whatever. They're all they all catch and they can all throw just fine. Like they're not fumbling around or anything. But she can't. She never hits the ball. I don't think no. she ever makes it to a base. Or she no. does, but she, it's because she gets um, hit in the face. <laughs> so she gets to walk to yeah. one of the bases. Yeah. But no one. Everyone else uh, otherwise is good at hitting, and she's just pretty good at, at heckling the other team. And it does seem to fluster them. So I, I guess it works. Well, can I just say, I think my favorite joke of the episode was when the one Axolotl tries to use um, the, the the Crimson Lady's, uh, her bat, and, yeah. and, and like honor of her. But yeah. it was just like, it wasn't like a professional baseball bat. It was just like for display. Yeah. And so it completely, yeah, it completely shatters when she tries to hit an actual baseball. And yeah. her scream, it reminded me of the... Um, the reactions you used to get in like uh and also um asabi asabase where they just oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they can the do nothing but just, yeah. yeah the faces just go like all contorted and really like south park nasty looking or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah so everyone's just like yelling and then sometimes maybe they'll hit someone in the head and then they'll try and divert it and bring it back and then maybe they'll you know throw a baseball under their leg intentionally and all this other kind of stuff but Nagomi manages to kind of win over the other team to the point where the uh, the coach, the disgraced coach of the Axolotls. I downloaded. Oh, I don't know. The disgraced coach. <laughs> you got to quit flipping through it because now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the disgraced coach of the Axolotls decides that she's going to bat. And they're not even sure if that's legal. And that ends up being the opportunity that the mascot takes to just shank her. Yep. In the kidney. Yep. So she dies, uh, mascot dies in retribution. Yeah. So this. Oh, go ahead. Well, it's just it's, she's uh, Nagomi's just begging for this violence-free game, and then two yeah. people get brutally slaughtered right in front of her again. They do, and the one who's killed her. So we find out it's one of uh, the Crimson Nova's uh, splinter cell, because we learned at the end of the last episode that once the made aliens were bought out or you know, merged into creature land. Some of them split off to form their own group of, of mates in to continue the ways of uh, the Crimson Nova. And instead, so in order to get revenge, uh, one dressed up as the Axolotl mascot and tried to kill the leader of the made aliens. And she did. And then she in turn is stabbed by one of the other players and they're both dead. Nagomi starts to have a breakdown. But everyone at this point, <laughs> both teams, are so moved by her desire to have a fair baseball th- game that they just lie. They're, they're like, no, they're fine. They're not dead. They're fine. They're fine. And they <laughs> prop up the corpses for the rest of the game. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's for an extended period of time. Like, they have the coach. It's just the bloating, like box. She's turning blue. She's straight up rotting. She's straight up, like, yeah, just rotting, and they just have her sitting there. They carry her around when it's time. When the game ends, 
and the you know oink doink girls win and you do that thing where you're supposed to do the handshake all the way across for you know good game good game good game yeah. they still have both of them propped up and Nagomi's just like she looks really serious yeah. you know she was and she's just like completely dead face just like kind of her skin tone is kind of yellowish like she's jaundiced it's it's a lot it's really funny. funny. This poor girl is gonna. She's gonna need so much therapy. So much. Um, she's just uh, a part of her brain. I think is just fully broken at this point. Yeah. Yeah. In the face I of all so. the madness. Yeah. Uh, so that that's Akiba Made War. Uh, it ends with. Oh, and we do learn. Yeah, we do learn that. Um, yeah. Uh, Renko has history with the boss. The boss of the of Creatureland Group, and she is. Creature Land Group Lady has changed her name to Nagi at this point. But, um, yeah, so... I'm pretty sure... I'm, I'm guessing it's... Um, That's probably the end game that we're looking at. Well, I'm guessing it's... Uh, uh, what was it? A few episodes ago when they um, when they talked about how uh, Renko had a sisterhood name card trade with a with a maid, too. And that that went, that went sour when uh, her sister, like, uh, got mad at her for not being willing to murder people. So maybe maybe that's her. Maybe that's maybe. it's all coming back around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the end game for the show because this is that was episode 9, so we probably got like two or three more episodes and then we'll find out what when then it's done. This was like an original project. I don't know if we'll get more of it. I've enjoyed it so much though. I think this show combined with Birdie Wing yeah, are, um, just perfect, like high camp double features, and they should get uh, as many seasons as possible. I agree. So, we are getting more Birdie Wings, so maybe we can get more Occupy Made War. Fifty episodes like Occupy Made War. Like I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to fully spiral into like Yakuza Six levels yeah. of just convoluted ridiculousness, where people are like coming back from the dead or ch- you know changing their face or. That's what I want. Syndicate it. Get, get so many episodes, we can put it into syndication and yes. we'll never escape it. Get a four kids dub. There we like go. A, get like a good, <laughs> like a made rap. Moe, moe, cute. Yeah. No. Yeah. Moe, um, moe, cute. Moe, moe, cute. Moe, moe, cute. Moe, moe, cute. It's just the You've got to serve them with pride. You've got to put on a smile. What is happening right now, James? Are you going to write this for me? Like, come on. This I is could. good. This maybe is this, good. Maybe that'll be my new gig. I'll be. I'll write um, vintage 4Kids theme songs for... You uh, write an Akiba Made War 4Kids theme. I will change it so that it is the ending song for the in and after show. And people have to listen to it every time we end the show. Week. It'll just okay. queue up. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that bet. We'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, that probably is it for us this week. Uh, we'll be here next time, um, possibly with Jackie. I've been talking to her. I know where she is, and I know she's on her way back. So We uh, need to hear her thoughts on all the Chainsaw goodness. I know. For the finale, we definitely she was do. So ups- she was so upset with how, how poopy made an abyss got. And this is like <laughs> exactly what Jackie was asking for. So we need to... We need Seriously, to- this is one of... Yeah, this is her show. She would love it. So we need we need to hear from her. So, all right, everybody. So, yeah, you might see Jackie here with us next week. We'll be here again on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, thank you all for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Rest in power, Himeno. <laughs>
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.